Uh, yeah. So we're open and hot. Whew. We're we're gonna we're gonna come in hot on that. Yep. Uh, you know you know what else is hot? What's that? Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Pixlip. My name is Kevin. With me today is Jesse Grasha filling in for Phil. He is, he should be, he, I think he's wrapping up his, his baby leave by the yeah, time he's almost done come out. being a he's father. Almost, he's almost done. Yeah, he's putting, he's put in a good couple months and I think he checks out until 18 now. I think right, that's nice. But then he, then he just kicks <laughs> the kid out. So it's okay. And we're, <laughs> you gotta love America, eh? <laughs> it's beautiful. It's mm -hmm. a beautiful system. Um, but yeah, Jesse, how you how you doing? How's how's things going over up in in Canada land? Uh, I'm doing well. It's it's uh, cold. It's currently we're recording this in January, beginning of the new year. Happy New Year, by the way. Mm -hmm. How was yours, Kevin? Good. It was great. Yeah, it was great. Um, it happens, you know, and without yeah. incident. It's, and then we're in a new one. It's the 31st, and, and then one. it is the first. <laughs> the calendar flips over, and, <laughs> and we're all good. We're all good here. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so today we're doing Dead Island, the book. Oh, oh boy. Uh, <sighs> based on Dead Island, the video game. And um, here's the thing. Um <laughs> Have you played the video gonna, game, by the way? I have. I have. You okay. played the video game, right? Yeah. Not all yeah, the way I, through. Maybe the first quarter. Not all the way through. Let me. Let me tell you. Uh, the game is. The game has two good parts, and when I say good, I'm using that very loosely. Mm -hmm. You have the you have the beach area, and then you get to the town, and that's kind of fun. And it, like the town is like, oh, this is like. Is like dying light vibes, you know, it, it right. a little bit of dying light, like proto dying lighty. Um, and then it's like, all right, well, now you go to the jungle. And once every time I played this game, I'll get to the jungle area and I'm like, I don't want to anymore. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Not even the a little enemies bit. are guys with guns now. Why am I playing? What? Wait, <laughs> hold on. I thought it was a zombie <laughs> melee game. Why are there guys with guns? There's guys with guns. Okay. <laughs> it was it was 2010. What else were you gonna do? It was do? 2010. What it was it was a wild time back then. You could get away with a lot of racism. In <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's changed, to be fair. Nothing. Nothing's, nothing's changed. changed, to be fair. You could just. It was just it was just a bold, fresh flavor back. Yeah. Then. Ooh. How much Ooh. racism can we do in this zombie game? Well, it's set on an island, so go nuts. It's set on an island it, ambiguously. Uh, is it? Is it near? Is it in Asia? Is it near Africa? We don't decide. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's dark skinned. Yep, We're not going to yep. differentiate. <laughs> but we will name. I can't wait to talk. There's so many things about that. What you just said in this book that I cannot wait to talk about. This book is awful. It's it's so yep. frustrating and it's impossibility to talk about anything anything period yeah. just yeah. to talk about anything so oh. the book was written by uh, a gentleman by the name of Mark Morris he's English he uh, he was he was born just from his Wikipedia page he was born in Bolsover Derbyshire but now he lives in Tadcaster North mm. Yorkshire so you Bolsover really Derbyshire are you kidding me? <laughs> That's a real place? 
That sounds like where every sure horse is. spawns from. <laughs> like what? Uh, um, he, uh, yeah. So, uh, he's written a bunch of books. He did a ton of, uh, Doctor Who novelizations. Um, okay. Uh, he's done a bunch of horror. Uh, he's, he's done outside of Doctor Who. He's done a few, few novelizations, uh, for, oh boy, I do want to read this. So he's done the Dead Island one in 2011. In 2017, he did a, the novelization for The Great Wall. Um, is that the, yeah, that's, that was the movie where somehow Matt Damon is the main character. Oh, that set, one. Set in China. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing how this guy wrote Dead Island, I can't imagine how he talks about the people who live in the place where that movie takes place. Yeah. Yeah, so, um... Yeah, we're just gonna kind of get right into it and put the yeah. body in the marsh. We're gonna put this body in the marsh because we got a lot of... I can already tell. I mean, I got thoughts, and I know Jesse came loaded for bear. Oh, um, buddy, I got so we're double, double cocked. I'm ready to go. Don't laugh! This ain't reality TV! We're gonna talk about the first seven chapters in this bad boy and uh, kind of go from there. But before we get into chapter one, we got a prologue in which a witch doctor is holding a ceremony uh, with a, a woman... Uh, yep. And she's screaming about how it's murder and all that. And she's locking her into a tomb. And also there's zombie uh, spelled Z-O-M-B-I, which is the, uh, that is, I, I don't know where he's getting that spelling from. If, is it, is it the Italian movie or is it Haitian Creole or am I giving him too much credit that he actually put any research into it? Or did he like, did he guess the Wii U zombie game that Ubisoft was going to make yeah. in advance? Like, he just saw zombie, it coming. Yeah. Zombie U was his, uh, his which by the way, fascinating uh, take on a zombie game, but we'll get to that later or okay. not at all. Um, <laughs> so, uh, they take, uh, so the woman is in the, the tomb and then they take the zombies over to another area Yes. And they cut off all their heads and they line them up pretty particularly. And then the witch doctor scoops the brains out of one of the zombies and feeds it to a little boy. Yeah. And that's the prologue. Uh, <laughs> Look, I know you have to set up a zombie story and like establish the rules right. and like the origins of stuff sometimes uh usually they wait until like the end of season two to do that or, or like you know a couple books in or something got to get this out of the way i suppose you have to get the audience to care about the concept of this what a weird way to do the zombie weird origin way. story i get yeah. that we're on an island and there's like a bit of sort of haitian voodoo stuff going on maybe he like overemphasized the opening song that sam b sings of like who do you voodoo bitch and was like we gotta yeah go all in on this but man this is a weird way to start this story, especially weird considering where start. we go right after this. We're going right after it into chapter one. Yeah. Where a guy in a mohawk uh, sexually harasses a flight attendant in order to get a drink from her um, right off the bat. 
uh, a black man who we find out shortly is Sam B of Who Do You Voodoo uh, intervenes and calms the situation down. Uh, we find out Sam B is a rapper, but only had one mega hit back in the 90s titled Who Do You Voodoo Bitch? Uh, and Sam talks about the price of fame and how the weight of doing anything afterwards was too much for him. Uh, the Mohawk guy is a former football player, Logan Carter. He's a former first-round draft pick, and he had to retire, uh, though, as, boom, uh, another character pops up. Uh, according to the book, she's hella beautiful, and she points out the reason <laughs> Logan had to retire from football is because he killed somebody. And uh, he's like, it was an accident, though, according to the judge at the trial. And the woman who is beautiful is, uh, she introduces herself as Perna, and she used to be a cop. Mm-hmm. Uh, Logan, we find out, killed a girl in a drag race. She was the passenger in his car when he lost control and hit a wall and shattered his knee. Womp womp. Uh, <laughs> before they get much. <laughs> Poor Logan, man. Hey, how's he going to play Logan. football anymore? He's probably, of the two people in that situation, he did the worst there. Let's be honest. I mean, how could you? He did worse there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> dead or broken kneecap. Yeah, I guess. really? Come on. Broken knee. Come on. Pretty rough. It's it, Logan. He's like, and I feel like, I mean, I know the name Logan is is from the game, I believe. But God, every Logan in this era of media is just a terrible person. <laughs> you got you got <laughs> Logan uh, from from Gilmore Girls. Mm. Uh, you got Logan from Veronica Mars. You got Logan oh, yeah. from Dead Island. What's yeah. up with Logans? Logans, just no good. Yeah. Um, before they can get much deeper into their sad backstories, though, the captain interrupts and says the plane is landing. And uh, Sam starts thinking about how anxious he is about his gig at Banoy, the best resort in the area. Uh, and Perna points out through the window that there's a high security prison nearby. So <sighs> why not to a good start? Why not? That's how you do it on islands. You, you put the resort right next to the high security maximum, pr- you know, totally, resort. completely reasonable. Not even a big yeah. distance. Yeah. Yeah. Two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Uh, resorts and prisons, you know, <laughs> um. <laughs> super safe. Also, I didn't I didn't touch on it much, but uh, the the way that they do the interactions on the plane embarrassing uh yeah there's like multiple paragraphs spent where they're just logan i think logan um is just yeah. harassing the stewardess constantly yeah i like sexually, sexually harassing harasses, yeah yeah i i i, I sum that up in like three words it's paragraphs yeah <laughs> like so much time is spent highlighting how he's sexually harassing the stewardess i'm like i can't believe that this is the character we're establishing. I have to spend 300 pages caring about this guy and his poor broken knee. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, and it's like, <laughs> I, I get this vibe that this guy as, as a whitey McWhite face author <laughs> is, um, he writes, he writes Sam B as if the man couldn't possibly have a single fault and has has he's already he's already well beyond his character development as a person like he is he understands like i made all the mistakes already and i've already learned about it and because he is so afraid of being like being racist 
and writing a black character with faults. And yet he yeah. has the rest of the book surrounding Sam B. <laughs> like, you're totally right. He has written him like his arc is complete and he's just here to be the, the most model minority he could possibly write. And then he, yeah. And then because of that, he like, he he wraps back in on himself. He's trying so hard to not be racist that he's actually just being racist. <laughs> like, yeah. Just he's, incapable of writing a character racist. who has any flaws, who like can make any mistakes. And when he does make a mistake, it's like he he wraps wraps with a mistake back into like, oh, actually, no, it was a good thing that he did this wrong. Yeah. And yeah. There's some scenarios that happen later in the book where I'm like, what are you doing with this? What character? are we doing here? Why is the guy What's who got popular on? off saying, who do you voodoo, bitch, having this conversation? Like, <laughs> oh, so exhausting. Uh, so we're in chapter two, and we're introduced to Jean May, who works at the Royal Palm Hotel. Uh, but or does she, she? Or does she? So <laughs> by day, she is the receptionist for the Royal Palm Hotel. Also by day... She is a Chinese uh, special forces operative from an all-female Quentin Tarantino special forces unit. <laughs> it's very important, by the way, that you point out that she's Chinese. I think every time you mention Jean May, you have to say the Chinese Chinese Jean May. She, she's the Chinese. Very important. Woman. Because for a few chapters before she gets reintroduced to any other characters, she's only ever called the Chinese woman. Like. But the, the biggest problem to me is that there's two characters that he, that are referred to as the Chinese woman, like at random separate points in the same. Like I, I don't know, I don't know what was going on in this story. So this is interesting, I think, because this isn't like established in the game, right? The game is sort of like you you wake up in the hotel after the Sam B party, which they do yeah. get to at a point. Um, so all of right. this is is uh, Mark just writing backstories for these characters that ultimately we don't really need but i guess we do to like get to the parts of the story he's trying to get to uh and it makes the game which is mostly just a hokey b story feel a little more involved uh what do you think about these do you think they match up with the game much at all i mean no um (laughs) that's what i was thinking i'm like none of these characters feel like these backstories line up with them at all and i can't expect them to play the game and like care about it, it but still it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter. You kind of, that's the thing is you like, you pick your character, like you're presented with these characters. Yeah. You know, Perna, Which are, are stereotypes in the game, to be clear. They're all stereotypes. Yes. Yeah. They're all stereotypes and they all have their stereo, like each one has different skill sets, right? Yeah. So like Perna, I believe, is good at throwing knives. I, I don't know. Um, I can't remember. <laughs> but either way it's just like pick the thing you want to be good at and go and they all start the same way you wake up and you're being contacted and you gotta you gotta run out and all that bullshit um so yeah um it doesn't none of it makes uh really ties into the game particularly well or like easily maybe except for sam b because he is so such a big part of the opening cutscene, kind of yeah. makes sense. Um, but uh, yeah, so John May 
special forces operative for China. Uh, we get uh, pages, pages of her backstory right off the bat. We're like, we're going to get all this out of the way right now so we don't have to talk about it again. <laughs> <laughs> and they really hope you care. They really, yeah, they really, really hope that you care about this setup so that in five <laughs> chapters when she comes back, like we're like, oh, okay, yeah, she's not a Mary Sue. She can like just do this stuff. She's just good at it. Obviously, I read the whole chapter about her. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole chapter about it. Uh, her dad was a police officer who was killed trying to break up a smuggling ring, and she worked her tail off as a kid to be the best cop ever. Um, a cab, but we appreciate the effort, kid. Um, <laughs> When she graduated, she was assigned to work undercover in Banoi to spy on rich people. Uh, no other real specific task, and she hates her job. Um, and it was like, you know, that rich, that's like, oh, yes, the Chinese government wants her to spy on the richest of the rich, the the decadent Westerners who are causing the fall of society or something like that. Yeah, and the, the rich of gets, the rich who are going to yeah. an island resort right next to a prison. And don't have yeah. their own like private island. Like what? Yeah, yeah. It's like they. It's like families who bought a package. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as we'll find out. There's a lot of children coming here. I don't think you're going to investigate much. Right. Uh, being on the job for three months, Jean May realizes that the people who visit the resort are mostly just normal people, and not the great destabilizers of the world, as her bosses led her to believe. Oh. <laughs> Uh, a drunk man gets off the bus uh, filled with new guests and sexually harasses John May. It's Logan. <laughs> yeah, Logan's a problem. Logan is maybe has maybe the most horrendous line in the whole book, which I think will be in part two of this um, okay. series of, of podcasts. But man, he is. I don't know what we were doing here. I don't know if like. You gotta just, I, I get it. It's a yeah, character. I completely understand, and it's reflective of, of things going on. But man, this guy sucks so much ass. I want him to die immediately before the zombies even show up. <laughs> it's so bold to be like, yeah, let's let's make this guy who really sucks ass one of the heroes. That's a yeah, really bold and you gotta idea. like feel for him and root for him and feel bad for him at times. Yeah, that's that's like taking. It's like taking Ellis from Die Hard, yeah. the guy who goes up to Hans Gruber and says, Hans, booby, I'm your white knight, um, <laughs> but making the whole movie about him exactly. instead yeah. of John McClane. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't uh... <sighs> It's exhausting. Yeah. So Sam calls him out on his bullshit, and uh, as they're checking in, Sam, Logan, and Perna realize that the... Realize that they are all on the islands because of their involvement in a blood drive campaign. Uh, Sam and Logan as celebrities and Perna won a random lottery. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Everyone's telling the truth. I think that's actually uh, a somewhat interesting way of getting them all on there, especially with yeah. the sort of twist that comes later on. I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. Um, it's neat. But in this scenario where they're all learning it, uh, one of them says snap like because oh i heard about that and then someone else says double snap and i'm like were we saying that in 2010 like was were that like a thing that, were we saying snap <laughs> double snap like i don't 
I don't know. I don't remember that. That was 14 years ago. I would have been a child then, but I don't remember that being like a normal thing people did. For 14 years ago, I was a, a grown grown ass adult. Um, I don't. And you still weren't that. saying it, eh? Yeah. I still wasn't saying it. I was. Right. I, was I would have been 25. Whew. And I was not. I was Sorry. Not saying snap or double snap. <laughs> yeah, that's no, it's okay. It's okay. Oh fuck. Uh <laughs> anyway, moving on. Turned 40 in June. Whoa. Your, your Congratulations. For birthday birthday gifts. Yeah, thank you. Um chapter 3. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Chapter 3. I hadn't been paying attention to the titles until just now. Yeah. When chapter 3 is titled Who do you voodoo bitch? I was uh, like, there you go, baby. <laughs> Roll credits. There it is. What a reference. That is Roll kind of the, the thing of the game, the best thing of the game. Uh, basically, no question. I quote that song all the time. Who do you voodoo, bitch? Uh, stand up. Sam B yeah. got the thing that go bump in the night. Um, like, it's it's a classic. And it's so, I think it's really it interesting because I love Techland's games. I played Dying Light uh, 1, which they made after this, after they broke off, um, and Dying Light 2 as well. And in Dying Light 2, they actually make a reference to uh, yeah. Who Do You Voodoo, Bitch? One of the first items you can find is a is a vinyl of that it's, song. I was like, that's cute. Yes. They know that that's the only thing people remember from Dead Island. Luckily, that's, it. that's the only thing that people remember from Dead Island 1. The, luckily, yeah. when you play Dead Island 2, they're like, we really hope you remember that that's the only thing. Because look at Sam B. <laughs> like Sam right B away, he's it. the first thing you see. Yeah. He's like your mentor. <laughs> That's really funny. He's just a rapper. He's not like some zombie slain. Or well, maybe he is, I guess, after this story. Maybe he is. Yeah. yeah. He breaks down like, yeah, you're immune like me. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's God. how I survived. <sighs> oh, boy. Um, video games. Video games, huh? Logan is in his hotel room enjoying the view and taking drugs. Uh, then he goes down to the bar and he starts drinking and lamenting the fact that there are no single ladies around. Um, uh, he then goes out on the town and just wanders around getting even more fucked up and has some misogynistic lines about not being able to catch any women. Um, yeah. sure. Sure. Uh, then he goes to Sam B's show at the ballroom of the hotel and it's packed Logan is very drunk, though, and he pushes his way through the crowd and tries to get Sam's attention. But Sam is performing and not looking at the, the drunk man in the front row. And so Logan then curses him out because he wanted to be graced by Sam's gaze. And then he <laughs> angrily goes back into the crowd. Um, <sighs> I think Logan, my theory is Logan kind of likes Sam. Like, like likes a him, little likes bit more him. than... Yeah, a little bit more. Yeah. yeah, I think that's I'm 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 adding that into my reading of this book. Uh, <laughs> it's the direction it has to go. It makes perfect sense. He's constantly looking for validation sense. from him. He wants his attention all the time. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know what? That makes the reading a lot more interesting. I like that. It does. He runs into Perna and uh, has some racist things to say about hip hop before he hits on Perna. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Man. And then Perna knees him in the balls. <laughs> and finally, that's the handsy. one good finally. thing that happens to Logan for the whole story. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, soon he gets. No, he gets that's more true. Come up. It's in a little. You're bit. right. <laughs> You're right. Uh, Perna knees him in the balls. Uh, he gets. Uh, he is stumbling around now and has to throw up and he runs into the first bathroom he sees and vomits in the sink. Um, and I think it's at this moment where he's having like clarity in his head of like, you're terrible. You're just the worst person in the world, blah, blah, blah. And then he turns around and he sees like two women, one woman kneeling over another. And, uh, it's Jean may, and she's trying to care for a woman who seems like she's having a seizure. Um, and he's like, what's going on? And then the woman sits up with a snarl and bites John May's hand. And John and Logan run out of the bathroom and they bar the door. And she's like, all right, I'm going to go get help. Logan holds the door and, and May gets the security. And Logan, as soon as security gets there, Logan bolts back to his room. Doesn't even look back. Doesn't care. He's out of there. Yeah. That's chapter three. It's, <laughs> it's it's all Logan all the time, unfortunately. <laughs> yep, spending pages and pages reading about just the worst guy you can imagine and thinking, wow, 250 more pages I got to read of this guy, at least. <laughs> I cannot wait to learn more about Logan and his fun escapades. You really th start thinking about, like, page economy. And yep. you're thinking, like, all right, we're three chapters in. And two out of the three chapter, actually three out of the three chapters, Logan has said or done something terrible. Yeah, absolutely Just, horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. Like, you know, people have been canceled on Twitter for less. Than Way less. What Logan is. And like, <laughs> you're right about the page economy thing because I'm looking at the the little bar on the Kindle app, and it's like you're at seven percent at this point. I'm like, I'm only at seven percent. Wait, we're, we're just about at the start of the game, and I already hate most of the people in this. Like, <laughs> this better turn around. This better turn around fast. Turn this ship around, goddammit. Yeah. Um, chapter four, titled Unknown Number. Uh, Perna wakes up in her room. It's 4 a.m., and she hears someone screaming outside, and she looks out, uh, out down her balcony down to the street, and she sees someone being chased by something. So she runs into her room and she calls downstairs on her phone, uh, room phone, but the phone lines are all dead. She gets dressed to go help. Uh, but when she gets out of the hallway, there is a bellboy, but he's acting zombily. Uh, <laughs> uh, Logan then steps out of the hallway, still half drunk, I presume, asking what the fuck is going on when the bellboy attacks him and starts like, eating his shoulder <laughs> yeah they jump straight to the zombies just eating people stuff hey eh? there's no like build up there's no, there's no up. sort yeah. of like odd uh, obvious zombie storytelling stuff that you do in advance like they don't do any news right. reports of like sick people or like a scene where someone's being pulled out on a gurney there's none of that setup stuff they just immediately people are being eaten and they only just right. got here which is right. so like i don't know we spent three paragraphs or not paragraphs sorry three chapters just doing setup for these characters and then there just is a zombie outbreak and there's no and like lead up to it or all right yeah. sure all right whatever we're flipping the switch uh yeah so perna fights the bellboy off with a fire extinguisher and she keeps whacking him in the face with it and every time she's like every time she's thinking every time she hits him in the face she's like that would have killed a normal person why isn't he going down 
I'm going to keep doing it. And then she decides to like just take the fire extinguisher and shoot the foam in the zombie's face, which causes them to back off a little bit. Uh, and she drags Logan back into her room, puts him on her bed, and Logan says something like, I knew I was going to get into your bed. <laughs> and then he dies instantly, right after then you never dies. have to hear from him again. <laughs> if, in the better version. In the better version. In the better version of this, he just, like, he, it's like, he just got, like, bit lightly on the shoulder, but then his head fucking explodes. Yeah, dude, it was really cool. That version of the book that I read, really cool. I enjoyed that one. <laughs> uh, eyeballs on the ceiling. Um, so, <laughs> uh, right away, Logan calls it, it's a zombie apocalypse based on everything that he knows from movies and television uh, he was bit by a zombie, uh, and he's pretty sure he's going to die. And then simultaneously, everybody's phones ring and they're, they're on a group call. Uh, and there's this guy on the other line who explains the whole situation. He's like, you know what, guys, I'm going to don't w bother trying to have to figure anything out. I'm going to tell you it all right now. Um, but all right. I don't know if you noticed this. The guy keeps on talking about how he doesn't have enough time to, to Dude, explain everything, yes. but spends three quarters of the call explaining how he doesn't have enough time to explain. It's anything. like a gag from uh, like an Austin Powers movie. Like, I don't have time to explain. <laughs> Actually, yes, I do. Like, uh, allow me to explain. If you ask me a question three times, I have to answer it. Like, I'm waiting for, for him to do something like that and be like, I, I will never tell you. But no, you're right. Like. He's like, if anything I say could be cut off at any moment, this is imperative that we don't waste our time. Anyway, I'm going to explain to you why I don't have time to waste. Because if, I, if we waste time, bad things are going to happen. It's like, <laughs> shut up. Just just keep talking over Logan. He's an idiot. Stop just, just taking him seriously. Thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I was so aggravated with that whole scenario. I'm like, just just, just talk over them. Who cares? <laughs> oh. oh. God, yeah, uh, <laughs> it was great. Um, <laughs> so anyway, the, the bullet points are there's an outbreak. Uh, they prefer to call them reanimated dead and not zombies. The island Ooh. is closed off and he wants Sam, Logan and Perna to get to the lobby where someone will help them. So that's uh, there it is. That's. We're in we're in Dead Island now. We're Dead Island. It's, yeah, it's boy, dead we're Dead Islanding. Island yeah, baby. <laughs> Tid title card, um, chapter five, titled Cinemoy. Um, the bellboy's gone from the hallway, and Perna and Logan knock on Sam's door. Sam is holding holding a weapon that he's made out of twisting all of the coat hangers together. Um, I don't even I. I couldn't even visualize what no. they were trying to describe, um, but it's fine. Okay. That's good. But it, good it fits you, with the theme of dead Island, right? Where you're like making makeshift weapons, <laughs> you're I guess. Making makeshift weapons. I'm trying yeah. to like give some degree of credit to parts of this. Uh, Cause yeah. there's like bits and pieces where there's decent observations of the video game and games in general uh, sure. throughout this. If you, if you try really, really hard to be really nice about it, uh, be really nice about it. that was the one thing I think throughout the whole story where they're like, yeah, make makeshift weapon. That's like dead Island a yeah. little bit, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Sure. Sure. I like it. It's a makeshift weapon. It's a giant. Yeah. They say it, it's like a giant egg beater. Uh, kind of. I just don't. I can't. I can with see the coat it in my head. I, I. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Sam B. You're going to. Who do you egg beat? Bitch. Oh, um, man. There. Put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> maybe maybe like they're an like an straightening out the, the hangers. Like maybe they're like pulling them at lengthwise. Yeah, and then yeah. connecting all the hooks together to make a and then egg like, beater? Maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't find that to be a particularly like it, good weapon. <laughs> no, it doesn't seem like it would be it would it, it feels like 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 a hand would stop it. Yeah. You know, it'd be like, like <laughs> Or like it would get the, caught in their their zombie bits. Like you would just stab yeah. them in the in the, the uh, uh uh GI tract and you just yeah. be walking around with small intestines on your egg beater. Who wants to lick it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can't lick it it's it's got raw intestine dude no but we can because we're we're immune we're immune, we're immune. virus <laughs> uh so now i'll make a t-shirt with a uh egg beater that is anthropomorphized to look like sam b and it'll say who, who do you egg, egg beat bitch who do you egg beat good 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 merch store.pixelit.com <laughs> is this um, also the chapter where we learn that they're um not just immune but how they became immune uh i think let's see not yet it's not it's yet. chapter okay. six where okay. we, we kind of figure that out um so uh, they decide to take the stairs instead of the elevator and on the way logan makes his racist thoughts clear on rap um he expands on those thoughts. Yeah. And Sam educates him um, about rap is about caring too much about things. And that's why we're always angry. And I was like, okay. Yeah, that's uh, certainly an interpretation from someone who doesn't know anything about rap music. Uh, maybe has listened to one Tupac song ever in their life. And it's not, <laughs> it's not even the good ones. It's not even like he, I don't know. Maybe they heard one Coolio song and they were like, "Yeah, that's it." He can he could he could rip off some mom spaghetti. You know, oh, oh, well, I love Eminem. I mean, you know, he's the one good rapper. Don't ask me why. <laughs> he's 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 really classy. Um, I really like Macklemore. <laughs> like that's that's what the author. <laughs> that's the vibe I'm getting from this guy. Oh, so Logan then complains because Logan is always fucking complaining that he doesn't have his pills and Perna tells him to shut the fuck up. Finding painkillers and antidepressants isn't that hard. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, but you didn't know. And she's like, I took a guess. <laughs> you seem like the uh, kind of guy you give me. You, seem like you, the kind you of give guy. me a perk vibe, you know? <laughs> Mixing that perk with with alcohol, it seems about right. I'm surprised um, he didn't make a codeine joke. Didn't make like a lean yeah. joke. Sam's like, you want yeah. some? You want some some purple drink? He didn't make a joke like that or anything here. <laughs> I feel everything else is just being set up for that to just it's for it's that. sitting in my brain. For the slizzerp, um, <laughs> <laughs> were you the slizzerp? I just I oh. You're the best. You're the best. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, um, so 
Oh, this, they get down to the sixth floor <laughs> and a door opens and a woman comes through and she's surprised to see them. But before she can say anything, she's ripped to shreds by a five-year-old zombie girl who is wearing My Little Pony pajamas. Um, she just, abs- <sighs> this, this little girl just absolutely tear, just chunks everywhere, flying everywhere. So, zombie children, uh, the first trailer for this game, do you remember that trailer that came out? I do. Yeah, yeah that was a very really poignant trailer. They were hyped for this game after that trailer, and then the game came out. <laughs> I mean, it was the, probably the <laughs> biggest lie in video game marketing at that point in time. It was this yeah. beautifully produced trailer, the, the kind of thing you would expect to see for The Last of Us. Um, right. Was this before The Last of Us? No, right? That's a good question. I can't remember. If uh, it is, then that's really us. cool. If it's not, then that's really funny. This is uh, predates The Last of Us. That's really cool that they did essentially a Last of Us style trailer before The Last of Us. Um, Because that trailer, I think, I remember watching um, someone from Rooster Teeth, I think, was uh, talking, they'd just become a father and they watched the trailer and they're like crying about it. And that was probably the best marketing they could have possibly asked for, was grown men crying over that trailer. Um, So for that to be what we see, and then the game to be what it was, was very funny. Uh, But I think in this book in particular... The fact that there's so many zombie children is really weird and like kind of feels gross to read. Not in the way that's like, oh, that's the realities of horror. It's kind of like, why are we in such detail describing murdering children? <laughs> like, what is this we're doing? We're going to get into some kid murder. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this girl just rips the shit out of uh, this the the woman. Uh, we don't know if there's any relationship between them. Doesn't matter. The girl kills the woman. And then um, Perna grabs, uh, has her weapon, which is a, a, a leg of a chair. And she just beats the the, ki- the kid's head into a bloody pulp, basically until there's nothing left. Ugh. Um, Ugh. They, have, they have a moment of catching their breath. And Sam... <sighs> B, I think, says something like, uh, you know, it's okay if you're not okay. And Perna's like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is perfect. The correct response to that guy. Like, what a what a guy thing to do. I kept, like, as I was reading this, I would mention stuff to my fiance about this book and about, like, things characters were doing. She's like, yeah, that's what a guy would do. That is what a guy would do in this scenario. Like you, you just you just bash the brains in of this little girl wearing a My Little Pony t-shirt, and you're like, "It's okay. It's all right to feel stuff." Shut up, shut up, Sam B. <laughs> dork. Sam B. Go rap then, a song. Go go know. rap something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go rap a present, Sam B. Yeah, ooh, and then she b- burn. Ooh. Burned. Got his ass, Kev. Good stuff. I nailed him. Um, So (laughs) Perna then uh, snaps the neck of the woman that was just attacked before she turns. And then she says it. I learned it from the Girl Guides, which I assume is Girl Scouts for Australians. I'm not entirely. Are they stabbing necks there, you think? Yeah, I think it's. Well, it's Australia, so they got to. Good snap point. a wallaby's neck, you know, I think, or, uh, or... <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> do you know what a wallaby looks like? <laughs> um, they're cute, aren't they? <laughs> well, 
Well, yeah, yeah, but it's I mean, like a tiny kangaroo. Basically, okay, like a... <laughs> I'm just like imagining like all these little Girl Scout guides, just like do it. Do you want to be a Girl Scout or not? They just have to hang it like there's a little troop of Girl Scouts hanging out in the bush, and there's like a little wallaby in the in the field, and it's like, all right, if you want your patch, you got to go snap that neck. <laughs> What'd you do? What did you do at, at Girl Scouts tonight, babe? What'd you do? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I got my wallaby patch. <laughs> It's just oh it's just God. a wallaby, just like one tear going down its face, but its neck <laughs> is ninety degrees. Like just, it's, <sighs> do you want me to iron that on your on your suit, dear? You want me to put that on? <laughs> Please, mom. Apologies to all Australians, uh, everywhere. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Um. It's okay, dear. Don't be too sad. You can go play Ocarina of Time after this. Don't worry. <laughs> Uh, we're just really, we're just, uh, uh, talking about Kat, uh, from, from Pixel a Day. Uh, she's, sorry. Well, I'll, I'll, we'll bring her back on one of these days just to ask her about the wallaby patch. Uh, they continue. (laughs) (laughs) They continue on and here's something down below them. Um, and Logan we cut to low inside of Logan's mind. And he is reminded of a time when he was at football camp and he was a teenager and there was a bear clawing at their tent and it was, and they, it was a bear cub and they all just like said, bah, and the bear cub ran away. But then the next day he told everyone that it was a grizzly that he scared away. So, um, that's <laughs> just, Inside of Logan's Homer Simpson brain at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) That feels like a story that maybe they originally wrote to be one of those like, uh, oh, yeah, we were hanging out with this girl and she gave me a kiss. And then he tells all all his friends. Oh, yeah, dude, we totally did it. Oh, dude, totally. Like, that seems like a story Logan would tell. And then they were like, "Eh, maybe let's not do that. Maybe let's just tone that down a little bit. Maybe he just scares a bear off. Yeah, that makes Um, more sense. Yeah. Uh, Like, I can... uh, I'm okay with the child death, but I cannot excuse <laughs> lying about getting I laid. draw the line at lying about what you did with a girl. <laughs> uh, they decide to confront the big thing that's downstairs, and it turns out it's one of the security guards that May had found to deal with the zombie lady in the bathroom. Uh, Sam fights it with his metal pokey dealy, and it gets really gory in this section with because every time he pokes at it it's not actually killing the zombie but it is making a mess mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, yeah there's a lot of like detailed descriptions of gore and viscera and and shattering bones and crunchy cartilage throughout this whole yeah. book uh which i think goes to what i was saying earlier about how they kind of try to do what the game does in terms of like describing the action of what you're doing um sure but it's it kind of feels like they were given a page target and they were like i don't know yeah. just fill it up with murdering things and what does that look and sound and feel like uh because god does that stuff get boring really fast holy <laughs> crap <laughs> when it's like when you get a scene like this in a book 
and it it happens like one really specific time, it stands out. Yeah. In this book, it happens a f- like every few pages. There is a just a really long-winded description of it's like if you played Mortal Kombat and the only way on every punch you got the x-ray shot. <laughs> that is so accurate. Oh my goodness. That is exactly what it's like. Yeah. It's like if you were playing Dead Island and every single hit was the the uh, sniper elite nut shot zoom in x-ray thing. Like you could just see every and then and then the aortic valve uh, shattered and exploded, releasing 4.3 pints of blood. Like that's what that's how detailed and ridiculous this feels throughout this book. Um so the 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 big security dude gets his gets its hands on Sam. He's nearly cornered. Um and then Perna basically kills it by repeatedly hitting its head until the head falls off. Ugh. Uh and then they just twist the head off killing the beast. Um they continue on. Uh, they find a body of a hotel employee that Logan thinks might be Jean May, and it's so gr- grotesquely mutilated that he decides he needs to throw up. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a bad a tuna p- on the way there. <laughs> yeah. uh, they, uh, they take a few pages to describe him feeling sick, and then they continue on until they find the two people who are not sick, Cinemoy and Jean May. Logan is excited to see her, but she doesn't really express much in the way of emotion. You know, uh, those aloof Asians. Yep. That's so stoic and, 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 you know, straightforward with their thoughts. You get, you know, two great representations here. Stoic, very proud, family, strong woman. And then Cinemoy. Cinemoy. Who speaks? Boy, who he's got, uh, who's described as like he's like twenty five and he has dark skin and he speaks in broken English. Yeah, and I was, and I just, I was like, I don't remember this. I I know the name Cinemoy from the game. I have to go back and check. So I go on YouTube. I was like Cinemoy scenes, Dead Island, Cinemoy. In the game is a middle-aged Maori man from right. New Zealand who speaks perfect English. <laughs> yeah, so they've created a stereotypical character here for no reason. Just to for write no some reason. broken English. There's a perfectly acceptable version of a character in the game. They must have known that already because everything else here is pretty on point for the most part, uh, <laughs> including the stuff they've added on. And then... Yeah, we just get like a lot of broken English from this character who acts as like the NPC quest giver for the next little bit of the story. Yeah, he just has a little exclamation point above his head. And uh, you just got to exhaust all his his broken dialogue. (laughs) Yep. You have to keep, you're like spamming A. Maybe that's what it is. They're just, it's not broken English. They're just spamming the A button so much. It's like, they're just skipping you, the see, dialogue. Me, too exactly. Fast. Yes. That, that, maybe that's what it is. We're, I'm trying to throw this guy a bone, all right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, um, chapter six, <laughs> the safe place. Uh, Cinemoy and the gang take the back streets to get to the lifeguard station, of which Cinemoy is a lifeguard. 
uh, Sinemoy tells them in more broken English that the man that called the group had called him as well to explain what to do next and to help the four people get out of the hotel and that they need to go through the jungle to the other side of the island where a helicopter will pick them up on the roof of the prison. Sure. Logan needs, yeah, yeah. Sure. I've marked it on your map. <laughs> I've marked it on your map. Yeah, Follow right. the waypoint. Yeah, ooh. <laughs> it's on your compass. My just compass keep your, keep, pops above their head. Just keep your eye on the mini map in the corner yeah. of your eyeball. <laughs> God, I wish. Um, Logan needs some sleep, so uh, he sits down, and we get a little erotic tension between him and Sam as uh, as <laughs> Logan says. Logan says to Sam that he has no designs on his black hide. And oh. Sam says something like, uh, I'm too something for you anyway, white boy. Um, and I'm like, it's getting getting kind of sexy in here. <laughs> yeah. uh, boy, it's a yeah, you could uh, you could cut the tension with the butter knife, man. It was. Yeah, there was so much. They were really uh, they were really dragging us along here with this yaoi bait. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> You could cut cut the tension with a hood. Um, <laughs> oh. Oof. It's good, though. It's good. Solid. Well done. It's, I try. Uh, <laughs> while Logan sleeps, Perna begins to put all the pieces together. Uh, Logan, Sam, May, and herself are immune to whatever's happening. And the three that came from the States had their, collected, their blood collected by the NBDC or whatever it was called. And sent to the island because they knew what was happening. And then May says it's all it had to be intentional, that this is a bioweapons test. And they are there to see how good their immunity is. Uh, and they don't know which side of this their helper is on, the person on the on the phone. Um and then Perna like is like, hey, what's your deal? Because you're not a receptionist. And May is like, is it that obvious? I'm a special forces operative that uh, was in the Quentin Tarantino Chinese, all female Chinese special forces. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I do think this sort of twist, this isn't in the game, right? This is like a different thing added to the story. Cause there was no um, like blood drive. If it happens, no, if it happens in the game, it happens not. It doesn't happen obviously enough for me to even know like care or notice you know yeah. what i mean <laughs> yeah no, it's it's in like some dialogue prompt or something or like an item description in and an inventory screen and you like, never open it's like i'm playing fucking dead island i'm hit i'm skipping yeah shit, exactly you know? i'm just here to beat the shit out of things with an oar attached to a boat that i ripped off 45 <laughs> minutes ago because all my other weapons are broken i'm not here to learn about the origin of the virus or why i'm immune to it i do think this yeah. is actually a pretty pretty decent call back to the the blood drive stuff and like uh and yeah. okay and it, it, it's like the the seed of a good idea it's like the 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 skeleton of a skeleton of a good idea for this kind of story yeah it's like a company runs a blood drive because they're looking for people who are immune to the zombie virus that they have invented you know yeah. something like that that's like it's it's, it's some it's, umbrella corp stuff it's it's bordering it's, on resident evil it it's bordering it if this was however if this was in a resident evil game oh man that would have oh been, this would be so execute. hokey yeah it would it would have been perfect i would have loved the shit out of it yeah know? um 
and it would be like Leon gets has to go undercover at a blood bank, dude. And, and just, but but wait, but no, because you got to send Leon to or somebody, one of them, Chris, whoever, to the actual vacation spot, because then you get to have yeah. like the beach scene. It'll be great, the dude. Beach yeah, scene. they should make this game. Capcom. They need to make this game. Give us, give us a call. Yeah, give us a call, Capcom. Um, Capcom's listening. Uh, of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, so uh, she tells Perna her backstory. Uh, then Perna's like, ah, yeah, my backstory is I'm a former cop um, for the Sydney Police Department, and she got kicked off the force after a rough case in which a man that she arrested for uh, molesting young children uh, ended up with his charges dropped because he could afford a fancy lawyer. And then Perna followed him home one night and executed him, just shot him in the face. Uh, the other cops covered for her, but she had to leave the force. Like, that was the most wild swing. This book really feels like it has, like, it's written with this, this level of confidence that is not deserved of a Dead Island novelization, no. where it's talking about stuff where it's like, dude... This game is about drop kicking zombies into a pool. Like I'm not. Why are we yeah. talking about the the molestation cases and like extra extra yeah. judicial killings? Like what like what is going on? And like this is the origin story for it. Like I don't know. Whatever. Whatever your position is on that stuff, you, you go ahead and you have. But like no, I uh, yeah, I get Jesus. It. It's, like it's still like what are we doing? This is not this kind of story. And the dialogue between the characters swings wildly between this kind of stuff and like references to movies or like this sort of ridiculous B movie plot conversation stuff where they're like, are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, babe. You, you couldn't handle me. That kind of stuff. Like, and like, (laughs) what are we doing? (laughs) It's like the book, like got caught in between. It's like the trailer for dead Island, the game and dead Island, the game both went into the teleporter from the fly. Yes. And oh, I was just going to say, yeah, they Jeff Goldblumed into this disgusting mutation. And that's this book. Yes. <laughs> Bang on. Bang on. <laughs> oh, it's just God. this tonal mismatch. You're like, all right, well, yeah, I could. It's like the trailer, but it's also like the game. And somehow it makes a bridge between the two that is just unsavory. <laughs> yeah. They should have never built that bridge. They should have left that alone. Let that alone. Um, But, you know, people were dying for a book about a novelization of Dead Island. They were were literally begging for it. We're like, I want to know more about Perna. Give me Perna. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Fucking Perna. Uh, She got... So she gets kicked off the force, and then she's a bodyguard for VIPs. And she hates it. Um, And then the three who are awake decide to leave Logan at the lifeguard stand to recover. And they ask Cinnamoy for weapons. And he has a box of knives. (laughs) He's like, but you can't have them unless you pay me. And then Sam just gives him a wad of cash. And they take the knives. And that's uh, chapter six. Uh, Chapter seven, the last chapter we'll cover today. It's titled Bare Necessities. Hey, you ever seen um, the Warriors? Have you ever seen the Warriors? Have you ever seen the Warriors? You ever seen the Warriors? <laughs> it's really, it's really fucking weird. It's really poignant, man. Anyway. You ever, you ever play the PS2, <laughs> the Warriors game? You ever play that? 
Perna, Sam B. <laughs> Sam B is like, Sam B is basically doing the Chris Farley bit where he's interviewing somebody famous. And it's this old SNL bit where mm. it was just like Chris Farley would be sitting there and like Paul McCartney would be on SNL. And uh, Chris Farley would be sitting next to him and he would be like, hey, Paul, uh, do you do you remember that time that you were in the Beatles? <laughs> <laughs> Paul McCartney yeah. would go, yes, Chris. And, and Chris Farley would go, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's this conversation between Sam B and Perna yeah. right now. Where Sam B is, they're just walking down the street, and Sam B is like, you ever watched The Warriors? And Perna's like, I guess. And Sam B's like, yeah, it was weird. I watched it when I was a kid. It was like weird, and the they had they had face paint on and, and roller skates, and they're just going around New York, and it was all it was it was so weird. Anyway, this situation right now is is like the Warriors. Okay. Thanks, man. <laughs> you remember 45 minutes ago where I was telling you the detailed story of how I had to kill a child molester? You don't remember that? You don't remember that? Don't you think the that? Warriors is what we're following up with? All right. Sure, man. She Whatever. Really could have hit, she really could have hit Sam with a cool story, bro. She, uh, she right really, it here. was 2011 or whatever, right? 2010. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He could have hit him with a cool story, bro. And that would have just ended his life. Yeah. Because that was, he set himself up so hard for that. Oh, totally. Um, so they're walking down the road talking about the wars when suddenly a naked woman starts running at them and she is topless and and her her little boobies are shaking around. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. And this is not noted in the book, by the way. I'm not I'm not making this up. That's noted. She has little breasts. And they are shaking around. Swinging around. Yeah. They are shaking around. One of them is. The other one's been ripped off. <laughs> oh yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Oh, um, Sam shoots a flare gun into her open mouth. Um, and then he tries to behead her, but misses and chops halfway into her face, spraying blood on him. Um, she grabs his ankle and then May cuts off, uh, off her arm and Sam finally chops the head off. Um, and these guys are, they are not efficient at killing zombies. No, they're these, very bad these, at it. These things, they're very bad at it. Um, I thought May was supposed to be some special forces badass, but they were like, May is like some special forces person, Perna is a cop, and we're like, we're going to let Sam handle this. Yeah, one. Sam B, he can be one of the main characters of this story. He's kind of the heart of the story when you think about it. <laughs> so it's better if he's not killing, you know? He's, he can't <laughs> he's, be good at it. He's too nice. He's too nice. He's yeah. too sweet. He's just a sweetie. <laughs> sweet little Sam. <laughs> oh. Um... So yeah, they they they're walking, they're walking more, and they come yeah. across a house with a TV on. Here's the thing: is I think they're already like as like game wise, I think they're already past the resort. Like I think we're done with the resort. Yeah. I think they're just in it in the town now. And as they come across a TV a house with a TV on very loudly, and they decide, let's go investigate. Okay, so Sam and Perna decide to go inside the house while May waits outside. Um, they walk sneakily around the house for like five pages, and then finally they turn the light on, and there's an old woman 
sitting dead in a chair and she's she's just there's like nothing left it's just like it's just like a a oyster that has had the the meat shucked out Ugh. and just the shells left oh <laughs> that's an awful description but is exactly how the book does it I was immediately thinking of the um the old lady fish thing from uh, SpongeBob. Chocolate, chocolate. <laughs> I love chocolate. I was just that's all I saw. Just this like sunken in scary thing with hair. Um, yeah. you know, you mentioned the TV. What was on the TV? What was what was she watching? She was watching Friends, specifically the episode in which Ross and Rachel get get drunk in Las Vegas and get married. Dude, I I guess these are the kind of details you can rely Mark Morris to put in his books. He's just he's such an auteur when you think about it, really. Uh I, I guess no one told him life was going to be this way. I've been holding on to that for so long. Just holding on to that. You're like so I know long. this scene is coming. I know this scene I, is coming. Oh, I got to bring it up. Uh, did you watch the, or read Leave the World Behind, the uh, Barack Obama produced film? No. I just hit you with a couple bombs, didn't I? Um, yeah. So just much like the drones that Barack Obama would operate. Um, so <laughs> there's this there's this new movie on Netflix called Leave the World Behind. Uh, it's it's based on a book of, I think, the same name that was on Obama's like best books of 2021 or whatever. Um, so yeah. he got this executive produced, uh, along with Michelle Obama, um, and a bunch of other people also worked on it. Can you believe it? It wasn't just him. Uh, despite what the people yeah. on the internet who are, are nuts would say it's, uh, Obama's it's, movies. It's, yeah, he made it. It's actually a message about the future, man. So it's this movie that's starring, uh, Ethan Hawke and, um, who's the opposite? Uh, Mahershala Ali's in it. Um, it's like, it's got this stacked cast for no reason. Oh, um, I think I saw the reviews were terrible for it. Was that? Yeah, the... it's it's not a great movie. It's got like I thought it was kind of fun for the most part. <laughs> Julia Roberts, he's opposite. Um, Ethan okay. Hawke is opposite. So it's yeah, it's a movie about the end of the world happening in a way that feels sort of um, different from the rest of the end of the world stories. Like it's not it's not like the Russians invade or like there's nukes or like a chemical warfare thing. It's sort of like uh, an espionage. Um, story happening outside of the world of the narrative. It's about a family who is on vacation and another family shows up and is trying to hide from what is happening in the home together. And they're just sort of like sure. existing while outside of that, the world is ending. And the reason I bring the story up is because the main thing of that movie is, uh, is one of the main things is that the daughter of the family that Ethan Hawke has, um, is uh, really into Friends. She's trying to watch Friends. Like the whole movie, she's constantly figuring out how to finish watching Friends. And all I can think is like, right. why, why are end of the movie, end of the world things so obsessed with Friends? What is it about it? That's so funny. I don't understand. <laughs> like what, is, is it just because Friends is like a cultural touchstone? Is it like, it's, I, I don't get it. Yeah. yeah you like I, to just have it, it on while things are going bad outside? You you want it, you want, you want uh something familiar you want you want to spend time with your friends you know right it's well, a comfort show right well the world is ending it's a comfort i mean show, they have that know? line in the opening of like uh i'll be there for you when the rain starts to pour uh in this case yeah. it's bloody rain so it's yeah kind of bloody rain it's like a it's I'll like poetry it rhymes do you think she died this woman died while watching friends or do you think it's um like 
it's on TNT or Right. TBS is this like how she was watching Judge it, Judy kind of thing and then the, like was Friends she watching is just Judge on? Judy and then Friends came on right. or it's a Friends marathon at which point uh Ross and Rachel get married episode number I got to I got to satiate we, this. It's season okay. 5 episode 23 and 24. All right. So there's two episodes that cover this. Uh uh Friends season Five episodes. Uh, let's see here. Um, so, if we're saying she was, she was probably towards the end of season five when it happened. Um, uh, okay, so this is uh, when Joey uh, he gets his first lead role in a in a movie. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, and I'm not a lot of interest. It, I'm trying. It doesn't to, sound like it ties in else. with the story at all. No, it doesn't. I'm, so why it, be so specific? Nothing, <laughs> why be so specific? Like I thought, maybe, maybe like the ending where, line would be, "We really are on a dead island, aren't we, Ross?" Like that, but that's the only way I could see that <laughs> that needing to be mentioned. That like they have to know what episode of Friends she died, died watching, yeah. or that these people are seeing on the TV, like, <laughs> and. And then uh, Chandler says, could I be any more dead? Sorry, Matthew Perry would have really appreciated that joke. I'm pretty sure. Could I be any more dead? Oh, that's good. Oh, uh, I, I think I, I would like to think, rest in peace, Matthew Perry. I'd like to think he would have appreciated that. Um, yeah. <laughs> um so, uh, we're, oh, the lady is actually still alive, though. So it's just like the head flopping around on this body that's like been scooped out. And uh, so Perna kills the woman with several whacks uh, of the crowbar and calls it a mercy killing. And Perna just thinks about how she would just feel bad if the woman just couldn't get up and go out there and satiate her hunger. And, you know, sitting there day after day watching friends. <laughs> Living the life, just living the living dream. The life. She should have died, and they saw like a Wilford Brimley commercial or something. Like, <laughs> go all out, right? It was like Why just not? then Wilford Brimley appeared on the TV, asking <laughs> if you checked your diabetes. Do you have? Do <laughs> you know your glaucoma levels? Are you checking them? Check your check. Check your blood sugar. Check it often. <laughs> <laughs> or, or give me one of the catheter cowboys or something, right? She was definitely a Fox News viewer. She had to have been. She's she's resorting on an island. She just lives there. Come on. What what else do you watch while you're doing that kind of thing? Come on. Yeah. Uh, Hannity, uh, yeah. to oh, be boy. honest. Well, no, back yeah, then it would have been uh, O'Reilly, right? Oh, probably Bill O'Reilly. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, maybe it's better that she's on. dead. Maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's better that she's dead. She didn't get she didn't get she didn't get, get she did not get fox pilled. That's true. Uh, she missed out on my Trump. pillow. She missed out on my pillow. So. <laughs> yeah, she missed out on my pillow. She might but, have been still know. with us if she had the my pillow. To be fair, <laughs> this podcast not sponsored by my pillow. <laughs> not sponsored. Just to be by clear, <laughs> you know, I bought a my pillow. You did uh, before? Did well, you burn before it? I knew that before I knew the guy was actually. I don't think I could because. It's probably made out of some things that just that's don't true. Smoke it would absolutely right. kill you if you inhaled any of the smoke coming off of that. It's actually made out of Donald Trump's hair. That's why he has so little. It's, it's also why it's not very comfortable. <laughs> it is the least comfortable pillow I have ever 
put my head on. Like right. it, on uh, my I my my neck pain increased immediately upon connecting my head to that pillow. Um, <laughs> and so I have no idea how he actually had a business selling pillows to begin with. Um, well, because they're not for the wokesters. You, they're for the sleepsters. They're not for the wokesters. They really should have marketed it like that. It just, it writes itself. Yeah. It writes itself. Uh, stay asleep. Stay asleep. Yeah, no don't woke. be woke. Stay my asleep pillow. with my pillow. Yeah. yeah. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Done. We could have saved that guy from going bankrupt. He's bankrupt now, right? Is he? I hope so. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Could have happened to a, a better, worse guy. Yeah. Um, so they kill the lady. Uh, May is outside uh, waiting for them. And uh, they're walking along and they decide they need a car. And the car kind of car that they need is a delivery truck because... It needs to have room for supplies, but also be nimble enough to get around. Right. And, you know, I get it. So they go to the surf shop that they see because there's a there's a truck delivery truck parked outside of the Wave Your Worries Goodbye surf shop. Um, and they're going towards it and they notice two zombies out on the street that that, that aren't paying attention to them. Uh, and I... <laughs> I wrote foreshadowing. No, it's not foreshadowing. They do pay attention to them in the next paragraph. Uh. <laughs> There's a lot of that. There's a lot of just a thing, and you're like, oh, is that something? And then you keep reading, and yeah, literally two words later, it's like, actually, don't worry. None of that mattered. <laughs> none of that matters. You thought I was going to build tension? No. No, no, no. Let that tension out right away. Yeah. Um, the girl, uh, it's a it's a guy and a girl. The girl sees them right away and starts running after them. Uh, Sam shoots another flare. This time it's it's less effective uh, and fights her off with his machete. Um, May, meanwhile, is having trouble with the zombie guy. And then Sam helps her while Perna is trying to get into the surf shop. Perna finds the keys and meets the other two outside when another zombie appears and it's a big boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I was like, what's this guy going to do, huh? Is he going to, like, be spitting acid or whatever? Is he going to be is a boomer gonna, is he a, from Left 4 Dead? Is he a boomer? Is he yeah. going to be No, he's just a fat zombie. Yeah. His his face was as blue as a heart attack victim's, and his pendulous bo- uh, belly swung beneath a yellow... What was the rest of that? A yellow... Oh, it's where like is a it? yellow shirt that says world's yeah. best lover. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yellow t-shirt bearing the legend world's greatest lover. Like this poor guy, he went out the way I wish to go. <laughs> Wearing that t-shirt. <laughs> that t-shirt. Um so they're like, hurry, we gotta get into the van. And but they didn't really need to hurry because he's also slow. Um he's a big guy. What do you want they, to do? He's a big guy. guy. Uh, They get in the van and the zombie is fat zombie is unable to catch up. And as they pull away, uh, Sam body shames the poor dead man. (laughs) Um. That's right. He does. That's right. (laughs) You could lose a couple pounds, fatty or whatever he says. Right. Something like that. (laughs) Something like that. Like, why do you? Why? (laughs) Why? He's dead. He's already dead. Stop killing him. He's already oh, dead. Poor guy. Like he, he didn't he he's not controlling the zombie form. He's just no. dead. Maybe he's just bloated. Like, he was he was a fit guy in the past. Who's to say? Give him a break. Who's to say? 
You know, you you don't know why somebody has gained weight. Sam B, I thought you were yeah. better than that, Sam Come B. Come on. Anyway, <laughs> they need they need gas, so they have to turn the car around, uh, <laughs> and they 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 clip the fat zombie, knock him over. Um, he turtles for a little bit, <laughs> and gets back up. Help! Help me! Life alerts going off. <laughs> Uh, and there are more zombies, including, as Sam points out, a really hot one. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in the in this chapter and forward where there's just like they're commenting on the zombies. Like, what are we? Yeah. What are we doing? It's, you're like this. Listen, uh, wood. You know? Yeah. You know, hear me <laughs> out, guys. Hear me out. Look at it. Come on. Come on. Come on. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, OK, she's dead. But she's alive. But I mean, <laughs> is she? But I mean, is she? Mm. Is it necrophilia? Are we going to debate the finer points of that? Or are you guys just going to look the other way while I, I do my business? You know, Sam, what are you doing, buddy? <laughs> Listen, I'm immune, uh, as Sam says. Um, but uh, her is not <laughs> I'm listening. No, no, I can't get the zombie STI. It's fine. I can't. I can't. I already got my shot. I'm all good. You got my shot. I got my hep. I got hep B, hep C. I'm good. What do I? I'm what good. do I need? Zombie virus. I don't need no zombie virus shot. Um, <laughs> so it's a it's a hot lady and like a little boy zombie, and Perna decides to run over the little boy who just explodes into a mist. <sighs> um, they get to the gas station and um, fill up the truck when Sam sees a person inside the gas station, a uh, twenty something. Named Jin. Um, she's Chinese. Um, her dad has been bit by bitten by zombies. Sam offers to go inside to help and follows her in. Uh, her Jin's dad is in rough shape. She's a nurse and has treated him to the best of her abilities. So I don't know why she needed help because <laughs> she's a nurse. What like she didn't even ask Sam if he was like a doctor. <laughs> like <laughs> just uh, hopefully. Sam, Hopefully. Uh, Sam tells her the bad news that her dad is not getting better. She has a bit of a meltdown until her dad tells her that she needs to go with Sam because he knows something bad is going to happen. Sam promises to look after her and they leave. And that's that's it for that's, tonight. That's, that's that's the so Jesse, what is your one third of the way into this book? We're we're one third of the way in. And uh, it's like a lot, but not much has happened simultaneously. No, we so uh, my at this point in the book, I, I realized I'm I'm just I'm reading a play by play of the video game. I kind of felt like if you sat down and tried to describe a let's play in a really really poor way, and like it was on mute, that's what this story probably would be. It's a lot of like up yeah. to this point, it's a lot of action being described. It's a lot of plotting. It's a lot of NPC exposition of like you know it, we can get you more weapons guns maybe even explosions like we'll show you a way to do that oh they just got a new side quest like it reads a lot like that in a way that's not yeah. particularly compelling um but it also in a way made me think like this is kind of what the game was like like this is not a good game to be clear like dead island is not a good video game it is schlocky it is right. dumb it is silly i think the book captures maybe five percent of that energy 
uh, in a fun way. And the rest of it is just like taking it at face value and, and spewing it back at you, much like the zombies do. Uh, literal face right. value. Oh, it tastes yeah. so good. Um, and I, I just, I do not like it. I did not, I didn't like it at this point. I was a little, I was, I was, I was a little on the fence because they did that, that like twisty, where did the virus come from thing? Who hired us to, who brought us right. here? I was like, oh, okay, there's like who a, who brought a, us here? What's yeah, going on? It's like a deeper layer of like, what, you know, is this going to deal with that? Um, so I, I was a little on the fence. This is the point where I was, I was hopping off the fence by the end of chapter seven. Yeah. I was like, okay. Uh, this is clearly not trying to do anything interesting. What, what about you, Kev? Are you on the same page? Do, or? Yeah, we're not fine here. Um, also, it's like they just uh, it's like we're just going to leave Logan here. We're like, no, there's no way that they're just going to leave him there. He's a main no. character. That's we're yeah. just gonna, we, we spent we're so just, much time learning about his stupid backstory. They're not just going to leave him here and never come back to him. Unfortunately, fucking bear thing and and the sexual harassments the sexual harassments have gone down precipitously since he left the party yeah so don't worry <laughs> folks episode two where we start covering the rest of these chapters the sexual assaults will return don't worry they will return don't worry if uh yeah so yeah i'm on the same page uh it's uh kind of it's rough yeah uh, there's stretches of stretches of boring stuff and in between uh vaguely racism vaguely racist stuff uh and in between that like explicitly racist stuff yeah yeah yes <laughs> stuff where it's like oh maybe you know give him a break it was 2010 and then like stuff where you're like no we knew to not do that then we knew it yeah. was 2010 we could have done a little bit of research like the the whole like the prologue with the witch doctor and the voodoo and stuff like that i'd be like I don't think there is anything in this scene that is representative of any sort of Haitian voodoo that I have actually heard of. No. Like there's nothing there's there's no like there's not even any terminology that 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 is used in Haitian voodoo that appears in this scene. But we're supposed to be like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's 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 the the voodoo. That's fine. Yeah, that's voodoo, voodoo, it's what bitch. voodoo is. Yeah, exactly. It's the song. It's the of course, what else would they be doing? Yeah, a what lot of stuff like that. Doing? All right. Well, we we talked about the book, and we'll talk about the book more next episode. So, Jesse, I have to ask you uh, one uh, question before we go. What are you playing? Oh, what am I playing? I have been um, trying my best to play video games uh, for fun because I spent the last month of the last year playing video games that other people said were good and that I kind of agreed with a little bit. Uh, so my thing this year, I've, I've set a goal for myself. <laughs> set a goal for myself. Oh, for, are you talking about um, for the game for the game for the of the game year of the year podcast, podcast yeah, for no clip? <laughs> Check it out if you haven't already listened. Check it out. Hey, by the way, Baldur's Gate three game of the year, really not Alan yep. Wake two. Uh, I would, I agree with that. I, I, <laughs> I, I like I, that's Wake not me. Too. I just, I, for whatever reason, thought that was going to be yours. That was, that was interesting. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, I, I, Baldur's Gate 3 really left an impression on me. Nice. Um, I'm a CRPG guy at heart. Yeah. You know, you make it, get, you, you make it isometric, you make it turn based, you make me have to use a mouse. 
you're gonna get me. You no, know? I appreciated your guys' <laughs> list a lot. I thought Amnesia the Bunker did not get enough um, discussion. I mean, I didn't bring did it up in mind, but that, I, it was I, a really cool yeah. game. I talked about it uh, endlessly on, on various discords, and most people were like, yes, sounds cool, I'm too scared to play it. And I was <laughs> like, I think like that's the problem. And part of the thing is, Amnesia the Bunker, Like, there's a lot of horror games that I play that aren't they don't they're not super effective in their scariness for me I'm, but um i appreciate the effort uh amnesia the bunker though that game scared the shit out of me <laughs> mm. i gotta go back and play more i played the opening um and i thought it was yeah i was really surprised how scary it was i think you you described it perfectly or the both of you did about how it feels like um the is it the chinese room that made that game it the is the first one? Uh, frictional. Frictional. Okay. Yeah. I think the Chinese room did the games. machine for pigs, is what I'm thinking of. They they did one of their they yeah. did one of the games. Yeah. Um but yeah, so frictional, they um they, you, you you said it perfectly that they found that middle point between gameplay and the sort of walking sim narrative sure. exposition y horror stuff. So that was really cool. I'm excited to play more of that and listening to you guys talk about yeah. it was like the catalyst for making me do that but anyway oh, to answer your you. question that you asked me four minutes ago um <laughs> what i'm playing right now is uh i've been playing through the yakuza series my goal for this year is to play more um Ooh. jrpgs and japanese focused games in general uh i've been playing through the yakuza series i play through yakuza kiwami and i'm currently playing yakuza kiwami 2 uh love it a lot i'm, I'm enjoying beating the shit out of japanese businessmen who are, got too those drunk. are just the remakes those are just the remakes of one and two right yes exactly were, okay. uh remakes yeah. with like moderate some amounts of content that are supposed to sort sure. of tie it together to the prequel game that they made um it's been a lot of fun it's, oh zero yeah. yeah yes yeah oh that's awesome oh yeah i played i played uh kiwami one a little bit and i was like this is really cool but it's it's one of those games that it's almost like i'll play it for like a week straight and then something will come up and for some reason it doesn't it doesn't compel me to come back and i always sit there and be like yeah i wish i kept playing that oh well yeah <laughs> i'm not going back i don't know what was going on what are we doing what are we where's i don't know, I don't know what, was, what was i doing i was i was uh, was helping some guy fight, helping save an some animal. Guy win I don't fights know. Yeah, down an alleyway. Yeah, there's an American guy that hop, popped out in front of me, and he's like, ah, and I was like, ah, and he's like, you're a good fighter, and I'm like, all right, Th thanks. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, thanks? it's a lot of that silly stuff where where I love that silly stuff. I think that stuff's really funny. Yeah, um, I love the humor of it and the writing, and like, there's so many out of context things that even in context are still hilariously like silly and. I, yeah, I just love the tone of it and the humor and the combat. I know people get bored of that beat em up stuff, but it's my jam. I love pressing yeah. the square button 400,000 yeah. times and then listening to yeah. the silliest and dialogue you, you've ever you heard. You press it, and it's like every time you press it, it's like something different happens. And it's like, ah, punch, punch, grab the guy's face, put his yeah. head into the wall. Dude, how and many games like, can yeah, you pick up that. a bike and beat the crap out of somebody with a bike? Not a whole lot. <laughs> so it gets points for that. It gets points for that. Yeah, what about yeah. you? What are you playing? Yeah. I am. I have played put way too many hours into Warhammer 40k Rogue Trader. Yes. Speaking of uh, isometric CRPGs, how's it going? Are you enjoying it? Speak. I I love this game. I know it's got its. So I think when I say people should check out this game, um, if you enjoyed Baldur's Gate three, 
go check out this game, but lower your expectations, <laughs> right? And I like I kind of get why people were saying with Baldur's Gate 3, like, you got to lower your expectations a little bit from other game devs, right? right? Because Warhammer 40k Rogue Trader is a game that's as big as Baldur's, Baldur's Gate 3. But wow. you're not gonna get the you're not gonna get the cutscenes. You're not gonna get every line voice acted. Mm. You're not gonna get like every single story permutation thoroughly developed, right? Like Baldur's Gate Three had like things where it, it anticipated you doing this one rare action in a scene, and a character would comment on it with a fully voiced line. And it's like, no, you you won't even be able to do the thing in Rogue Trader but it's because it's made by a much smaller company. So like, you, that's part of the thing is like, all right, CRPGs, fucking amazing. I love them. I'm glad Baldur's Gate 3 really said, hey, this is a genre that is not dead yet. By the way, everybody should come and check out other CRPGs. And I think Rogue Trader is like a good one to, to jump into if you are interested in continuing that path of checking out CRPGs, doubly so if you have any interest at all about learning more about Warhammer 40k. Yeah, that's the part of it that I'm really interested in because um, you guys talked about Bolt Gun in the Game of the Year episode, uh, yeah. and like there's bits and pieces that I've heard about Rogue Trader. Where does this sit on the um, parody versus taking it way too literally uh, a meter for Warhammer? <laughs> It's it well so it's very um I mean it is it is a straight up Warhammer 40k story in terms of the story development it was done by Games Workshop okay. a lot of the st story development like Alcat did the game but I think a lot of the writing was very uh very closely uh done by by Games Workshop itself so you have as you play the game you have 3 paths that you can kind of go down right there's the heretical path which is in a in a in the warhammer 40k universe heretics are anybody you could be uh somebody who prays to the chaos gods or somebody who is like way too friendly with aliens hmm. with xenos right that that's heretical the other end the other end of that spe spectrum is dogmatic which is you could choose to be the full fashy, you know, Warhammer 40K person that you always dreamed of being. You believe in the God Emperor, that he is the, the, he is the best, and you can make all your decisions based on that. Or iconoclastic, which is like threading the needle to be a good person, to try to be a good person in the Warhammer 40K universe. The great thing about iconoclast is that it is really the way the universe is set up is the deck is stacked against you to be the good person whereas in like a lot of other games where yeah, there's being some nice sort of morality like, you're you're better off if you're nice yeah you're like choose the better like if you're nice it in certain instances in in, in rogue trader it will come back to bite you because it's just not a good universe to try to be nice in. Right. You can still try to be the best person you can be though, like going through all that. But sometimes you'll just have, you'll make things more difficult for yourself. Hmm. Um, and your associates, your companions will be pointing that out all the time. <laughs> be like, you know, uh, you being a nice guy actually destroyed this entire planet. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> but like, it would be like, if you hadn't just like, just, so it's like the option is like, destroy the planet yourself or let the chaos demons have it. And like, just trying to save a few people and not taking the option to destroy it. It's like one of your guys is like, well, great. You condemned billions of people to a life of serving the chaos demons. And now that it's a demon world, we can't destroy it. And you're like, oh. Huh. <laughs> That's, yeah, okay. That sounds really interesting, actually. Like that the choices aren't it's exactly like, it's like morally, it's not, not even morally great. It's, it's just like, kind of like... Everything sucks. Every option you have is bad. Everything sucks. Try to be as try to try to be as less sucky as possible, I guess. Unless you want to be full on suck and you want to you, you think that's you cool. want to be full on suck. I mean, all I know about Warhammer so, yeah. is from this guy that I knew in high school who was really into it and like he had Facebook groups he would share stuff from. I mean, it was I was on Facebook. I should have known that was a bad idea. But he would share stuff yeah. from this group he was a part of where they like bought in to the, the, the fashy parts of it, and they were like, sure. oh, yeah, hell yeah. So, like, to hear that, actually, there's other things going on is interesting to me. I, I want to get into that yeah. world and know more about it. I think you've sold me on it's, Rogue Trader. I think it's worth it's worth taking a look at. Like, the more you look at, you, you get into Warhammer media, the more it is about a world, like, everything has gone to shit, and it's like you start to understand why it's it's a it's a universe where it's like what if everybody was the bad guy like what if everyone sucked mm. like they have they have one race they have two races that are kind of interesting uh, if you're if you're talking about like character alignment right yeah they have two races in the in the universe there's the tau which are representative of like they're kind of like the socialists of <laughs> they're like the socialist alien type um and you have the orcs who uh their ships and all of their weapons and all that only work because they believe it works oh like is it, this is like runs on fairy dust what do you mean what pretty much yeah okay they believe this ship will fly so therefore it flies there's a there's a trait you can add if you paint something red if the orcs paint something red it goes faster why because red makes because it red faster. means fast oh that's really funny <laughs> that's awesome what it's <laughs> like a joke i would write if i was tired uh yeah as, as phil does a great uh orc voice but uh in, in one of the episodes I mentioned that he's like, because red makes it go faster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's a really, it's like, it's so big. I mean, you think about like Star Wars and like Star Trek and all that. And then you look at the number of novels and, and media tie-ins there are to Warhammer. Mm. And it's like, God damn, this universe is massive. Um, so yeah, it's it's worth like dipping your toe into just okay. because it's there's interesting stories in there. Um, yeah, but some people just don't get it and they go, they're like, yeah, I'm a fascist and this is my game. And we're like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> You're making us look bad, come on. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
But that'll do it for tonight's episode. Uh, before we go, I want to give a little special th- shout out to our uh, highest tier of patrons, the Geek Scholars. Uh, friendly friend who's been with us the longest. Thank you so much for your patronage. I uh, also want to shout out Ruthless Mutter and Jesus Loves You. Yes, that's right. Jesus Loves You. Oh. Uh, our three patrons uh, at the at the highest level. Uh, thank you so much. If you wish to become a patron of Pixlet, you could just go to patreon.com slash pixletpod or pixletpod.com I'll redirect you right over to our Patreon page. Uh, from there, you can join our Discord. Free to join. Hop in. You know, say what? How do you do? What's going on? Um, otherwise, you can follow us on social media: uh, Twitter, on uh, Blue Sky, on Facebook, on etc., on whatnot, and who now at Pixelit Pod. Just put Pixelit Pod, whatever platform you're on, you'll find us. Um, Jesse, you got anything to, to plug before we go? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter as well. My last name, Garasha, G-U-A-R-A-S like Sam, C-I-A. I mean, it's not all that. It's just the S, not the S like Sam. It's very confusing. I need to stop doing that. I, my, my fiance heard me say that. She's <laughs> fucking very upset. I, I know she's laughing at me in the other room. Um, I do that. My mom does it, and I do it as a joke now, and it's, it's stuck in my brain. I can't stop doing it. Um, but yeah, you find me on Twitter. You can also find me. You may have heard of No Clip before. I am uh, the producer of the No Clip podcast. I'm uh, on it. Sometimes you'll hear my voice and my thoughts and my opinions. You might see my face if you watch us on YouTube. So that's youtube.com slash at NoClipDocs or Doc Gameplay or whatever the hell we call it now. I don't know. The YouTube URLs are awful. Or no clip podcast. You can just look that up. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're on whatever, Libsyn, whatever you want to listen to. Uh, while you're done listening to uh, Pixelit, you can check us out if you'd like to do so. Uh, and, and that's... That's me. I, I love I love me some some game docs and podcasts. That's where I'm at. There we go. Woo. All right. Thank you, Jesse. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode on this fucking book. Uh, <laughs> have a good night. Have a good night, everybody.